Well, hello there. Hey. How are you? Uh, kind of sniffly, but I'm alright. So. I've been there. I was <laughs> there last episode, so I guess it's your turn now. I know. I'm going to have to take a nose break. <laughs> <laughs> I got a roll of tissue over here. Oh, my God. I love how you, I love how that's a callback to what I said. That's cute. <laughs> so this is episode two of Discovering Westeros. Um, you are four episodes in. Now, we're recording these episodes one at a time. We're recording episode two currently, but you have, you're now have finished episode four. How are you feeling about uh, Game of Thrones so far? I think it's really picking up. The first couple episodes, I was kind of like figuring out the characters and stuff like that, but I'm really invested right now. I'm actually excited for episode five. Yes, I'm actually very curious to see, like, has your mind changed on certain characters? Because my mind has kind of changed. Because as I'm rewatching the episode, um, last I told you I was not feeling Catelyn, the way she was treating uh, uh, Jon Snow. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of softening up to her, you know, seeing how dedicated a wife she is and the mother she is to her, you know, her children. I definitely like her now, especially after watching the end of episode four. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, I did warn you that I had a quiz for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is going to be the the Things I Do for Love Season 1, Episode 1 quiz. Oh. Um, it's 10 questions. So... I want to see how you're going to do. Like, have you been paying attention? Like, have you been uh, have you been absorbing everything? I don't know. Yes, so, to... so, question one is, the first episode opens on a group of men who fight for which organization? Oh, God. The, the answer choices are because it's multiple choice. Oh, thank you, Lord. A, the nice watch. B, the Kalazar, C, the Gold Cloaks, or D, the Wildlands? I think it's A. The, you said the Night's Watch? Yes. A, it's the Night's Watch. Yay. In the first season, how old is Brandon Stark? Bran. Ooh. Do you remember how old Bran is? Is he... I have choices if you don't if you if you're not sure. Okay. Is it is Brian nine, six, eight, or ten? I think he's ten. Okay. No question number three is who says the man who passes the sentence should swing the the sword? Is it do you notice what well, out the the questions? I think I do. I think it's it's Ned, isn't it? Yes. Yay! I think it's Ned, and I, Ned is a short for Eddard Stark. So if you ever see okay. like Eddard, it's um Ned. Question number four is a raven brings news of death. Which hold on, sorry, a raven brings news of the death of which character to Winterfell in the first episode. Oh, I forgot his name. 
Is it A, Robert Baratheon? B, Will of the Night's Watch? C, John Aaron? Or D, Leanna Stark? It is John Aaron? I believe that is correct. Hey, I'm doing a lot better than I thought I would. I told you it was pretty easy. Uh, number five is upon arriving to Winterfell, what are King Robert's first words to Lord Eddard? Is it A, I haven't seen you in nine years? B, you got fat? C, you may rise? Or D, Lord Eddard Stark, I would name you the hand of the king. <laughs> think it's you got fat right i'm not gonna tell you oh okay but i think is... it's you got fat okay. I, I, I know he definitely said that i'm gonna put that down let me read the question over to you upon arriving to winterfield what are king robert's first words to lord eddard to ned oh Ooh. If you may rise, what was it? What's the last one? You may rise. The last one was Lord Eddard Stark. I I would name you Hand of the King. Number uh, C is you may rise. B is you got fat, and A is I haven't seen you in nine years. I think it's C. You may rise. Yes. Okay. Question number six is who asked if he needs to explain the meaning of the of a closed door in a brothel? Oh, I know that one. It's um Shane. Why did I forget his name? Oh Tyrion. my god. Yes, Tyrion. <laughs> I'm about to say. Okay. I was about to call him Targaryen. <laughs> Number seven, I might have to help you with because this is not even about the, the, the show. Number seven is who plays the role of Daenerys Targaryen? I think I might get this one right. What's the, the options? A, Gwendolyn Christie. B, Massey Williams. C, Emilia Clark. Or D, Lena Headley. Heady. I think it's C. I, it is C. Yes. Now, how do, how do you know that? Because I was trying to figure out where I've seen her before. Mm-hmm. And what was I looking her up for? Mm. I don't know. I can't remember. I was looking her up for something. Uh, mm. We're almost at the end of the quiz. A is which of these was not a gift Daenerys receives on her wedding day. A. A stack of books from Westeros. B. Petrified dragon eggs. C. An ornately crowned jewel. I'm sorry. An ornately jeweled crown. Or D. A horse. (laughs) 
Do you need me to read those those uh, choices again? I'm caught between the crown and the. I don't think it was the books. I don't think she got books. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure on this one too. If that if that makes you feel better. I don't think she would get books. I don't remember books either, but I also don't remember a crown as well. But I'm gonna go with books. Okay, that's a good choice. Nine is which of the Stark children tries to avoid being a part of the welcome committee for the royal family? Hmm. This one, I don't. I feel like this one should be easy, but I'm gonna read it's, this. Is it Arya? Wait, you, is this a trick question? I don't know. Uh, I think it's Arya. I would say Arya too. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out whether or not they were gonna include John, but John wasn't a choice. So okay. Number 10 is, what is Bran doing when he discovers Cersei and Jamie fornicating? Climbing that wall. Okay. I'm about to submit my signature answer. Oh, you got two wrong, so you got 8 out of 10, which is an 80, which is a B. You pass. Oh, better not that out yet. Which ones did I get wrong? Okay, so it's saying that you got five wrong, which is what the uh-huh. what were what were King Robert's first words to Lord Eddard, and it was you got fat. Huh. And you, I thought it was you. I thought it was you may rise too, but I think that. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, he didn't say you may rise, but he like moved his hands, like you can rise with his hands, but he didn't say the words. But I thought that Ned Eddard had told him he got fat, so it's just really weird. That is weird. And then, y- yes. Because I think, wasn't it, like, kind of quiet at first? And then, like, like a little bit of an icebreaker. He was like, you got fat. as like a joke. And kind of broke the ice. Yeah, it was that. But I thought that Ned said it. But apparently Rob said it. The king. And we got, we you got the Daenerys uh, gift one wrong, too. The correct answer was she did not receive an ornately jeweled crown. But I don't, I don't remember books being given as a gift either. Right. Um, so, obviously, have... we were not paying attention. <laughs> I almost want to go back and see, like, okay, when what were these books that she received and who gave them to her? Yeah. That is weird. Okay, so are you ready to um, get into this episode? I am. Let's do it. So episode two is called The King's Road. Um, Daenerys is getting settled into her new home with the Dothraki. You know, she's trying to pick up the language or whatever. And she's like, you know, she's really getting along with uh, her service. Like you can tell she's as a rapport, 
with her um handmaidens already. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I think it's probably a good thing that she's doing that because you can tell she really doesn't have much of a relationship with her brother. So I think it's just more of her feeling welcome towards them. Okay. Um. The next scene we have um Tyrion. He woke up in the stables. Apparently he had gotten drunk and he had fell falling asleep in the stables. And Prince Joffrey wakes him up and Tyrion kind of gets up and he's just like, have you paid your, your respects to the Starks? Because at this point, everyone knows that um, Bran fell from the tower and he's in a coma. He has yet mm-hmm. to wake up and Joffrey was like, he hasn't paid his respect to the Sparks because he doesn't care. Right. And Tyrion flaps him for his lack of Sorry. his lack of uh, his lack of tact and him being so insensitive to, you know, having no compassion basically. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I think we talked about this last week, how um, like I kind of had feelings towards him, like he was a rude little boy and stuff, and you were saying that you know, his true emotions and how he feels about Grandma doesn't really show up until later, but I kind of felt like he had an attitude from the beginning, like he was a little bit of a snarky kid. Yeah, I had specifically told you, could kind of give you a little teaser, because we were having a conversation about how now, at this moment, he does like Sansa, mm-hmm. but after what what's going to happen happens, yeah. his tune changes towards Sansa. And I know by now, if you've been on episode four, you definitely see that he is oh, no yeah. fan. <laughs> He's no fan of Sansa or the Starks. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about Tyrion slapping on him? Like, did you think that was cool? Like. Was that wrong? Like, should he not put his hands on Joffrey? And I will say that the Hound, who is like Joffrey's, like, uh, his guard or whatever, he tells Tyrion, like, he's gonna, you know, remember that, remember this moment, and Tyrion's like, I hope he does. I thought it was a good thing, because, like, clearly no one's gonna keep this boy in line. Like, not his parents, anybody. He just feels like he can do whatever he wants to without any cares in the world. So I feel like somebody needs to hold him accountable. And I feel like Tyrion's kind of set, obviously he's separated from the rest of the family because of he because of him being a dwarf. Yeah. So I feel like he's more compassionate towards other people, but Joffrey not so much. I would agree. I, I do think that Tyrion is more sensitive to the needs of others, unlike um unlike Joffrey and basically also unlike Jamie and Cersei as well. Right. He's a lot different, like, not just physically, just personality-wise than them. They're all eating at dinner, and you can kind of tell that Cersei's kind of annoyed with Tyrion. Like, she's looking at him up and down, like, ugh, this imp is at the out-dinner table. Like, oh, my God. And Tyrion tells her that Bran may live, and they look worried. Mm-hmm. They look really worried, like, what do you mean he's going to live? Like, like, how could you say that? And Jamie was like, you know, it would be better if he dies. You know, that would be, he'll have to live the life of a, a cripple. 
And Tyrion is like, um, well, that's what they say. And I I asked you this question how I was confused. Um, Jamie during this convo, I think this is when Jamie was like, sometimes I wonder like what side what side you're on. Like, are you on the family side? And I'm just like Well, we, you all don't act like he's on your family side. But not even that. I just feel like a weird question because I don't think that Tyrion knows that Jamie did it. So I'm just wondering, does he know? Like, was that a hint that, that they did tell Tyrion, hey, we pushed him? Like, like we're, mm-hmm. we're the blame? That is a good point. Because in this situation, if the kid just happened to fall, then look, there would be no size to be taken in this case. Right. Cersei, mm-hmm. Cersei pays her respect to Bran and Catelyn, and she tells this really, um, this really sad story about how, you know, she lost her firstborn. Um, oh. Yeah, she lost her firstborn, a, a, a black-haired child, and you know he had what the flu, or what? What, what did he have? The smallpox? I don't know. <laughs> he had. Some... It's always the smallpox. <laughs> He had some disease that he was fighting. She's like, he's a little fighter. And, you know, I, I pray that, that, you know, that the gods would spare him. And she's saying that, you know, that she hopes that the gods spare Bran and that she's praying for his full recovery and that the Lord does not take um, Bran's life. And Catelyn is touched by it. And she's like, um, I didn't know. Like, she didn't know that Cersei had an older child that died. Um, I think I already know how you feel about this scene. <laughs> he is so fake. So I'm actually, fake. I'm actually kind of shocked a little bit that she kind of fell for it. Yeah. Because she already has these feelings towards Lannister anyway. Like, I know she's kind of sympathetic. She's like, oh, you have a child that died too, but I still can keep my eyes off her. I don't think she has these feelings yet. Because other events haven't, haven't, taken, haven't taken place yet. So I don't think she quite knows. Like, she's no, I don't think at this moment she has reasons to not trust the Lannisters, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, John is joining the Knights, the Knights Watch. Um, it's for life. Um, John visits Arya and he says goodbye to her and he gives her a sword. And they hug and they have this like this really emotional goodbye. And you can really tell how close they are. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to last week where um, we were talking about how he has a, a better relationship with the younger kids than the older ones. Correct. Um, John goes to say goodbye to Brain, and this is why, this is another scene where I was really annoyed with Catelyn because while John is like saying goodbye to Branch and he hopes he's wake, he wakes up and um, just being really sweet and, you know, he's really hurt by his brother Brand, you know, him being in a coma. Catelyn's like, please leave. I want you to leave. And I'm just like, really? Like, even in this moment where he is saying 
goodbye to your son. You have to be a bitch, Catelyn. She needs to get over it at this point. I think she does need to get over it. I feel like it's been he, he's a grown ass man now. It's been years. You don't need to be holding no grudge for that long. Exactly. And it's like you you forgave Ned and you're still with him and y'all are still in love, but you gonna you gonna take it out on John. Like, the it's one not who his had fault. no choice, like Exactly. He it's not his fault he's here. Like Yeah, like he had a hand in the action that brought him there. Exactly. Um, she gives this long monologue about how 17 years ago, the first time you left me, you came back with another woman's son. And John is just like, um, not, not John, but Ned is just like, um, you know, I, I love you, but he's going, uh, he's going uh, down south because he has decided that he's going to be the hand of, of the king. So they give their goodbyes, and Catelyn, of course, is distraught. John says goodbye to his oldest brother. Um, when his older brother like hugged him, like we talked about last week about how he's really close with the younger siblings, but this thing with his older brother, uh, Rob. Stark, I, I think I'm I'm having a hard time with his name. He gives him this 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 really passionate hug, and you can really see that they too have love for each other as well. Yeah, I definitely saw that too. Um, he says goodbye to um his father, Edard Ned, and Edard says something really sweet. I love this scene between them, but he. He reassures uh, Jon Snow that you may not be a Stark by name, but you are a Stark by blood, and I love you. Mm-hmm. And he asks him, like, what of my mother? Is she still alive? Does she care about me? And Ned says, the next time I see you, I will tell you all about um, your mother. Do you have any theories about his mom? Like, do you have any, like, do you... Did you think about John's biological mom at all during the episodes? I just assumed something happened to her. Like, I know they wouldn't have much of a relationship now, um, especially like her and Ned. Like, she, he probably wouldn't mention her too much. But I assume that she died or something. Hmm. So, you, so you don't think she's alive? I thought that she was dead, but him basically saying that he was going to have a conversation with her. I don't think that she did. So Robert and Ned have this talk and we get a lot of, uh, we get a lot of um, information about the past. Um, we learned that the Targaryens did a number on the Stark family, like the Starks of the, of the Targaryens are responsible for at least two of the deaths of the Stark family, um, Eddard's uh, brother and his father, and we also learned that Rhaegar Targaryen did something to um, Lyanna Stark, uh, Eddard's sister. Um, they even talk about Cal Drogo's marriage to um, Daenerys, and it was during this scene that I was like, "Well, how would they know?" That 
Cal Drogo and Daenerys are married. Like, they're not telling them. Like, they're not cool. So how how they got this information, but they know about Cal Drogo being married to uh, Daenerys, and they're kind of talking about and discussing the possibility that that Cal Drogo may might try to uh, come for the um the throne because Daenerys, you know, her family is like the rightful uh, heir to the throne, and they kind of like talk about like you know could they, would they. And they talk about how the you know the Dothraki historically have had no interest in like their affairs, and Eddard Ned seems to think that they won't come for the throne, but uh, Robert is not too sure. Um, he basically wants all the Targaryens dead. Did you have any thoughts about that? Um, I'm still kind of thinking about the fact that you said that there's no way that they would know about the marriage yet. Now it's making me think, is there a spy? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too because I really don't remember how they know this, but I'm just like now, I don't want to spoil it, but you watched episode four. There is a character who seems to be all-knowing. So I'm just like, hmm, did he tell but as we are now, oh, no. but as we are now, that character has not, has not been really introduced. So I'm just going to speculate and like, yes, like I would see how you would think that that would that there would be like a spy, and that seems like that seems to be the only explanation because I don't see anyone in in that camp telling them, you know, okay, we're married now. Like, how did that get back to them already? It is really weird. Um, Catelyn is kind of depressed, and she's just she's just staying by Bran's side, and she's kind of neglecting her other duties, neglecting her other children. And we learned that they have a son younger than Bran. Who I completely forgot about. Uh, I don't even think I know his name, honestly. Uh, do you? Did you get nope. his name? Okay. <laughs> so they're a, they're a younger they're a younger son. Um, her oldest born, Rob, kind of comes, and he's just like, "Hey, you have a dude. You cannot neglect your um your kids." You know what I'm saying? And I, I felt him on that. I felt him. But at the same time, I, I have compassion for Catelyn. Like, you know, that has to be hard. Like, your your son in a, a coma, like, you want to be with, with, with the sickest of your children. Uh, I kind of see it both ways. Like, if you have a kid that's, like, really, really sick, of course you're going to want all your attention to be on them because you, you just never know what's going to happen. Like, they're not sure whether or not he's going to die. Right. And it seems like there's lots of people that can help attend to the other kids, too. I agree. I agree that they do have help. They do have servants. So now, at first, I was kind of seeing both both ways. But now that you mentioned, you know, they are lords and ladies, like, they do have help. So why can't, like, give Catelyn this time to kind of 
be near brand and just sit by brand. So, uh, while they're talking, they see that there is a fire and Rob goes to, like, put out the fire and, like, Catelyn's like, what a fire? So she kind of looks out the window and while she's looking, some some man comes in who looks, you know, he's an older man, like, he's not young and vibrant, but he puts up a fight like, he's beating the, the ish out of Catelyn, and, like, they're, like, struggling, and it, became, mm-hmm. it becomes clear that he's, he wants to kill Bran, and he goes to kill Bran, but uh, Catelyn kind of a fight, too. Like, they are really struggling, and then uh, the dire wolf comes and just kills the man. What's hey, that? That, shit, that, was cra- that was a crazy scene. It really was. I was not expecting that. I feel like it came out of nowhere. I didn't expect her to be that strong, to be honest. What did you initially think was was why what did you think he was there? <laughs> what did you think that was about? You already know what I thought. Like clearly this is one of the Lannisters doing. Like they can't can't have sent somebody to kill the boy. Like they just want him gone. So you so you immediately thought about the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Because who else has motive to kill him? Right. I agree. Um, Catelyn, she's talking to her older son and some of, you know, their, you know, people who work for them. I I won't say they're servants, but I guess that's what they are. And she's talking about how now she suspects that Bran did not fall and that he was pushed. And that she suspects the Lannisters. Um, so, kind of pretty much, you know, confirming what we think. Okay, the Lannisters have motive. They try to do this. And Catelyn decides that she's going to go to King's Landing and tell Ned of her suspicions. She doesn't trust Ravens because she feels like Ravens could probably be like intercepted. So she mm-hmm. wants to go in person. We go back to the Dothraki village and Daenerys, she's not happy with her sex life. With <laughs> basically, like I like pretty much how I look at this scene, I'm just like, okay. Daenerys is talking to one of her homegirls, and she's just <laughs> she's just not like homegirl. Yeah, she's talking to one of her homegirls. Like, the sex is not hitting or nothing. She's not satisfied. She's not really in it. And she's kind of like, well, like, if, like, if I was talking to you, Ty, and I'm like, well, the sex is so bad. Like, do you have any tips? Like, what can I do, like, to freshen up my sex life? Because it's so stale and bland right now. Like, what can I do? And... This scene is pretty funny, and I told you, like, this is why I feel like this show is, like, through, like, the male gaze, because there's, there's, like, this scene where, like, Daenerys is on the bottom, and her uh, her handmaiden is, like, grinding on her, and, like, they're having this intense scene, and I'm just like, uh, it's just so clear that this scene was made 
for the heterosexual men watching the show. But it was so unnecessary. Like, why would that even happen? <laughs> so what did you think about Daenerys, like, being so insecure and, like, wanting tips to, like, to, to spice up the sex? Like, that's, 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 that's pretty much what it was about, right? Yeah, I think a part of this is her trying to gain some sort of control of everything. Because, I mean, she just seems like she's just kind of put in this position and no pun intended. And they just want her to go with whatever. So she's trying to find something that makes her happy. True. I agree. So you think it's about it's, it's a power move. You So you yeah. think that it's less about her trying to liven up her sex life and more of she wants some power. I think so. Cause I think from that moment you start to see her like take more, take on more um response, not responsibility, but like take charge a lot more, speak up for herself, make commands, and she really wasn't doing that last episode. Correct. I think that was sort of the first step. Um, so eventually she does uh try some moves. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. So eventually she does try some moves and her husband's hit it from the back. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it. Like he's doing doggy style. Like that's what they're doing. And she's like, wait, babe. Like, babe, I want to try something new. Like, can I get on top tonight? And he's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, like. He didn't want to do it. Like it seemed like he was kind of resistant, but it was yep. like, oh, oh, okay. So she gets on top. <laughs> and can you explain what happens like, after she gets on top? I mean, and there you have it. Things just are a lot better for her. Apparently, it's a whole new world for her. So, can you kind of talk about? Sansa and Joffrey, because Sansa is spending some quality time with Joffrey. You know, he's like, can I take you for a walk? And she's like, yes. And Can you just kind of describe what ends up happening, please? Like, what ends up happening? Because this, this is like the beginning of the end for Joffrey and Sansa. It really is. So they're out, you know, taking her, taking her for a walk like a dog. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they're outside, like trying to make her comfortable and stuff, going on a little date. And, you know, he gives her some wine and stuff like that or whatever's in that little flask thing. Yeah, and she's like, My know, father doesn't let me drink. Oh, girl, you know, you're just going to do whatever he says anyway, so you might as well go ahead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, they're feeling each other. And then all of a sudden, you hear these kids, and it's Aria and. Was it the butcher's the butcher's son? The butcher's son, yeah. Yeah, they're playing and you know just roughhousing and playing with the sword. And apparently Joffrey doesn't like her. He's like, leave her alone. And Arya's like, oh, we're just playing like normal kids would. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Joffrey gets offended for no reason. I guess he's offended the fact that it's this butcher's boy and he's beneath all of them that he's playing with them. But nothing that Arya or the butcher's boy says can can stop Joffrey's um his wrath right now. It's working. It's kind of creepy because it's like it's one thing for you to just go ahead and do what you're gonna do or like bully this boy, but he mm-hmm. takes a sword and like cuts his face. I'm like something's sick about this child. 
Yes. Really yes, he got some 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 evil in him. Some evil's afoot with Joffrey uh Baratheon. Not a foot. But it was. Something is off with this child. So he starts like tormenting this kid and Ari is like screaming, like, no, we're just playing. Next thing you know, the dire wolf comes and like bites him on the leg. And I kind of knew just based on his personality that something was gonna go down. But what really irritated me was Sansa. It was like you see what's going on, you see that they weren't doing anything, and yet you're like, No, leave her alone. I mean, leave him alone. Like stop stop like talking back to him. It's like that's your sister. Like clearly you know like something's not going wrong. Why are you defending this boy? I think the direwolf bit him on the arm, correct, not the leg. Oh, it was not the leg. Okay, it was the arm. Whatever. And, and Sansa, Sansa did. She was kind of like, you know, stop both of you. Like she, I think she did say at one point, like they both were acting crazy because after like, what did Arya do to, to? She did something to Joffrey, right? Like, did she push him or something? I think she pushed him, and then that's when Joffrey kind of went wild, and he was just swinging the sword willy nilly at Arya. I'm like, is this boy trying to kill Arya? Like, what the hell? And then her sister's just not even stepping in or saying anything. She's like, like stop she's... it, both of you! She's just, at this point, she's just desperate to just go along with anything he says. So yeah, so the... get another in. Yeah, so the direwolf does bite him. Joffrey goes and he lies to Cersei, his mother. And mm-hmm. says that Ari and the butcher's boy <laughs> attacked him with bats and that the, they stick the die with on him. And Cersei's like, you know, I just can't have any of that. I just can't have any of that. And they have summoned Arya in front of the king. And like, they're just all sitting there in front of her. And Nanny comes in. He's just like, what the hell? Like, what? <laughs> like, what's the meaning of this? Like, how dare you have my daughter? Like our like she's like she's a child, so to make a long story short, they call Sansa's lying ass in there, and they're just like Sansa, what happened? Because it's really Arya's word against Joffrey, mm-hmm. and Joffrey's looking at her, and Sansa's looking at him, and she's like, I don't know, I didn't see what happened. I didn't see what happened. And when she said that, after watching it twice, I was thinking, so we know that Arya was mad that she lied. Mm -hmm. Was Joffrey mad that she didn't lie enough? Is that what it is? Is that what changed? Because she could have just backed up Joffrey's story completely, but she did not. She kind of played it safe, but in her playing it safe, she ended up fucking up on both ends, if that makes sense. Yep. I think that he was upset at her for not like completely being on his side. She was kind of playing the fence. like She was loyal to him, but then also she didn't want anything to happen to her sister. But I think Joffrey expected him her to be like all in, saying, "No, she did this, she did that." Right. So. And can we just acknowledge the look on Cersei's face the whole time? She just like she was just enjoying the whole thing, like girl, oh, 
She was watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like this was a real, <laughs> this was a reality TV show. She has that 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 bitchy smirk. It's like that one smirk she has. Like it's not a whole smirk. It's like a little smirk in her eyes. That just she just didn't see. She's just she's just that bitch. She's a bitch, but she's that bitch as well. Um. I forgot to mention that Arya said her dad was free. She knew what was coming. So she was just oh, yeah. like, yeah. She that said her. Again, me and these like wolves again. I got sad again. You love the dire wolves. I was so sad. Like he turned back like, really? You want me to leave? <laughs> oh. Right. So, <laughs> so she sets her dire wolf free. And they're like, well, are there any more dialogues left? Because once Arya says that she said her dad was free or that she's gone, they're like, well, we want them all dead. So they, and so what, what ends up happening is they order, you know, to kill all the dialogues. But it was more so Cersei saying it than Robert. And so Ned was like, is this your is this your order? Because Robert kind of like, he kind of walks away and Ned yep. wants to make it clear like who is ordering, who's in charge here. there? Who's ordering this? Is it Cersei or is it um, you, Rob? Robert? And I don't, I, I don't remember what Robert says, but ultimately Cersei pretty much. So you know, Ned goes to kill, you know, the dire wolf. Like, he walks up slowly, and it's just this build-up, and they're I flashing. Had you had the flash forward. You couldn't see it. But then I, like, rewinded it back, because I, like, I thought I missed something, and I ended up hearing it, hearing it anyway. So, as Ned kills the dire wolf, and, <laughs> like, the other uh-uh. noise. <laughs> Trigger. Are you trigger? I'm so sorry. <laughs> trigger warning for like the dog lovers, the die wolf lovers, the little little noise that the, the the wolf is killed. And as the wolf is killed, Bran Bran wakes up. Huh? R.I.P. to a real one. R.I.P. to uh our Santa's die wolf. Um We speak your name. Whatever your name was. I'm going to pour a little water out for R.I.P. They can't um, get nothing stronger than the water? <laughs> you said what? They can't get nothing stronger than the water? You know, I don't drink, so I don't have no liquor in handy. What, you got something <laughs> you, you can spill? <laughs> I don't. I got a little croy. You know, got a little hint of, hint of grapefruit in it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Go pour some of that out. All right. This is for you, Dire Wolf. So what was your favorite scene of this uh this episode? My favorite scene would have to be the interaction between Arya and John. Because I just like when he has like a family member or even um when Tyrion was giving him him that advice. Because I feel like he's just the odd man out all the time. Right. He has level backup is cool. But, My? Okay, go on. I'm sorry. 
I also like how our like even though it was most like dramatic scene of the whole episode, I did kind of like how um Arya still stood up for herself. Yes. Oh, we didn't mention that they ended up having to kill the butcher boy. Oh, they sure did. Thank you for saying that. The butcher boy is dead. Um, it was that a was sense- too much. Now it was a senseless death. It was a pointless death. And let me let me go ahead and open up my my water because I want to pour out some water for the butcher's boy as well. Maybe throw some meat on the ground because he's a butcher's boy. I don't know. My condolences to the family. Condolences to the butcher boy's family. Um. My favorite scene, I would have to say, <laughs> is when Khaleesi was like, "Can uh-uh. I get? <laughs> can I get on top? <laughs> can I take control?" I love her coming into her own. I love that. Like she's gone from this meek sister to her, just like her trying to get some control, and I, I love it. Woman taking power. I love it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Who was the MVP of the episode? Let let let's come to an agreement. Like we have to agree, we have the one person as the MVP, and I feel like who's who's worthy. I feel like Daenerys is worthy, Arya is worthy, um, Cersei is Cersei the MVP. Anyway, um. <laughs> I'm going to go on Lynn and say Catelyn. Catelyn. Yes. Like, she's going yes. through hard times right now and she had the strength to like fight off that guy who she had no idea who it was. You know what? I'm going to go on Lynn too and maybe say that the diary was who ended up killing the boy is the MVP. And he died. No, that guy was not dead. Oh, it, it is a different one. Yeah, Santa's okay. die with his dead. All right. So are, so are we giving MVP to Brains Direwolf, who saved his life? I think so. Maybe we can split this MVP. Can we give it to both Catlin, Catlin and, and the Direwolf? It was a team effort, really. It really was. Like, it was a tag team. Um, once Arya got finished, you know, getting her licks in, she kind of could tag team the dive within and kind of got him into do like the finishing blow. Yeah. We can do that. So MVP of the episode is uh Catelyn and Brains Dire with um and that is it. Next episode is Lord Snow. Wait, we didn't highlight the most important shocker of the episode. What what do we miss? As soon as the direwolf died, somebody decided to wake up. I said that. You did? Yes. I didn't hear that. Yes. I, I'm sorry. I said as soon as he killed the direwolf, Brain woke up. I did not hear that. Girl, you you missed that. You missed that iconic moment. Yes, uh, Brain woke up. As soon as the direwolf died, it's like. When one, what, what did he say? When one door closes, another one opens. <laughs> so that is it. We will see you next time with uh, episode three. Uh, Lord Snow. I am Daily. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.